Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you are about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. We're talking about prioritizing. Last week we talked about the kingdom of God. How many of you heard that message? If you didn't hear that message, get it in you. If you haven't listened to the Bible study, get it in you. Everything we're doing is pointing that direction. This month we've got a one voice going one direction. In all that we do, all of our teachings, everything we do, things that's coming out, things that's going in. And so it's so important, understanding first, what did Jesus say? Matthew 6, he said to prioritize, to seek first. Everybody say first. Come on, say it again. First. Seek first. I'm going to let that sink in. Let it get, get just, now let's evaluate for a minute. Can we take a moment and meditate? Am I seeking first? All that I am, all that I do, because you can't separate Jesus from church and life out here. When you walk out these doors, who's first? What's first? Oh, well, Jesus is first, but we're not living that way. Everything first. Seek first. Training our children, seek first. Running our business, seeking first. Our labor and life, Seeking first. Our conversations, seeking first. Are you hearing me today? Seek first. Prioritize the kingdom of God. So to prioritize, once you've made a choice, I'm prioritizing the kingdom first. Then there's process. Oftentimes we hear snippets of that process, things we have received from our salvation. Let's say healing. We hear the wonderful work of Christ to bring healing to his people. Isn't that right? We know how that works. We can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We can pray the prayer of faith and they shall be healed. We can anoint them with oil, and in the name of Jesus, come on, they'll recover. We can, come on, we can stand in faith, by faith receive our own healing, come on. Are you with me? I'm just kind of talking about that. That's the benefit of something else. That's, that's this side over here, but that's, that's all related into the kingdom. These are effects. But oftentimes, some things aren't working, and there's a reason why. Let's think about the grace of God for a moment. We talk about grace. Oftentimes, we have been taught or have heard messages and teachings alluding to grace is that God understands your badness, and he's all right with you, and he still loves you, and everything's all right. Do you understand what I just mean by that? I know I kind of said it in a very straightforward understanding. But in reality, the grace of God isn't really something to do with our sometimes refusal, sometimes a place where we are not allowing certain things in our life to take place. Let's just think of it like this. The grace of God, thank God for the grace, because his grace 
will cover, come on, that love of his will cover a multitude of sin, the grace of God we can receive. But listen, we're not talking just for forgiveness and repentance. Grace is much bigger than forgiveness and repentance. Thank God the grace of God which abounds toward us, thank God is is going to touch a whole lot more than that area right there. And the grace of God is so important today. And I'm going to talk about the grace because it's part of the process. But here's where the process begins. How many of you in here today can say you believe in God? Lift your hand. How many of you can say you believe God? Lift your hand. That's two different things. When you first come to Christ, you believe in him. But there comes a point after you believe in him, it's time to believe him. Do you understand? So we believe in God, now we're going to believe God. We're not just going to believe in God, we're going to believe him. And it's very important, how do we believe in God? Well, first we hear, somebody tells us somehow we hear that Jesus, come on, about Jesus, that he's, he'll save you. And, and then what we do is we say, okay, I'm going to put my faith in that salvation and receive the salvation that comes from Christ. And we get born again. But that's not where he wants to keep it. He wants us to move along with him now to believe him in what he has done for us, who he is, what we belong to, and one day, because we belong to, what we'll inherit. Do you know you have an inheritance that's coming? And it has a lot to do with what you do right now in the kingdom. And so if we believe God, that belief comes from a source. That source comes from hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is the process. But you know there are things that keep you from hearing? That's why Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, verse 3, talks about, he tells us that we cannot be high-minded. But it tells us that the, the results of humbling our mind to hear the word of God and to receive it will produce a transformed life to prove the perfect will of God. But we have to start by having a mind that is not going to supersede the knowledge of God based upon how we feel because that's when you lose your identity, how you feel. Think about it. You might feel, I don't feel saved today. Well, you're still identified with Christ no matter how you feel. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, come on, you were born again. How you feel has nothing to do with your identity. You know, you might not feel married sometimes when you wake up in the morning or go to bed at night. You know what I'm saying? But you, if you're under the covenant and union with, with, your, with your spouse, you're still married. Come on, you're in union together. Are you with me today? You know, you need, you, sometimes you, come on, this is so important. Because it's not based on how you feel. It's not based on what you see. It's not, oftentimes, not even based upon the current outcomes that you see in your life. And what you're going through. But let me just say this. These things can begin to change 
if we begin to apply, institute, the things that we hear, that we understand according to the source, which is the word of God and the spirit of God, because they'll always agree. They'll never be separate. That means we're not making this thing up as we go. Like, you know what well, the spirit is telling me, this is how I feel about it. But what does the word say? We can compare whether or not your feeling and your, your, the voice you're hearing is right or wrong according to the word. Are you hearing me? That's, how be- that's why God gave it to us. So we can't make it up as we go. Praise God. Aren't you glad of that? So we take the word of God, which is a source. The spirit of God and the word of God will always agree. And then we go in line with the word. And so it's so important today that we begin this process of understanding. And God tells us in his word that grace can grow. Did you know the grace of God in your life can grow? You know, there's many passages of scriptures, and I'm going to try to cut this short in righteousness today because I do have a direction I want to go with this, but it teaches us this. It tells us that we can come boldly before that throne, and we can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Anybody ever hear that scripture before? You know, the Bible teaches us that in the last days, that when gross darkness will cover the earth, that God's grace will begin to abound towards you. Did you know the Bible tells us that that grace is sufficient in every area of life? Did you know in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it tells us, verse 6, it talks about sowing and reaping. Those who sow little reap sparingly, or sow sparingly will reap sparingly. Those who will sow bountifully will reap bountifully. And then it goes on to talk about how in that action of giving that God, your attitude towards it and why you're doing it. Because if you're seeking first the kingdom of God, it's not a hard thing to be doing that because you've got a generous heart because he is your king. You're not living on the outside of this thing, kind of doing this thing sometimes. And then Bible tells us that, why don't we go there? Why don't you look at that? Put that up there if you will. Put it so everybody can see it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. But I want you to look at this just for a moment. We're talking about grace. Look at what grace can do for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says in verse 7, it says, Every man according to his purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. You know, that goes back to Exodus chapter 35, where Moses was commanded by God to go receive an offering of the people. Do you know God sometimes tells the leader to go receive an offering from the people? God didn't inquire of the people, say, hey, people. He went to the leader and said, hey, now go receive an offering from the people. Look, in the, look, look, look if you will, in Exodus chapter 35, just for a moment, uh, and you're going to have to just keep up with me up there, praise God. I know he's going to do a great job. Exodus 35, verse 5, God told Moses, he said, go, go receive an offering for the Lord and let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord, gold, silver, and bronze. Now, I want you to go back, if you will, if you see that. Well, it's not there yet, but Exodus chapter 35, leave that right there. Leave it up there, right, right where you got it. Every man according to his purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudging, not necessity, but God loves a cheerful giver. This is the same understanding. This is where Paul's getting that from. This is an understanding. It works together. Same thing in the Old Testament. You see it over here in the New Testament. You see that? See, he says, those who have a willing heart, I'll read Exodus 35, verse 5 again to you. 
Go receive an offering of the, of the people. God told Moses to do this. Let those with a generous heart or willful heart, that's what that word means, generous. It means who, those who are willing. Present the following gifts to the Lord or, or just like he says here, an offering of the Lord. Uh, that, that you're, you're, yeah, he's in Exodus now. But in 2 Corinthians, he talks about having a cheerful giver. And it's so important today that what we offer, we will offer cheerfully. Why? Because this isn't about, this is about the kingdom. Now, I want to show you something else. We're talking about the grace of God. Look down just a little bit further in 2 Corinthians. After he talks about being cheerful, look in verse 8. Now, I'm going to give you a revelation today. I hope that you'll see. Now, I want you to see something here. Look in verse 8. After he says, receive an offering of the people, those who are willing, and again, he deals with their attitude. And you know, sometimes, and I know personally, I have served in church. I have done other things in church. And I wasn't willing to do it, but I did it. Anybody ever done that before? I've given offerings that I wasn't, really wasn't trying to be willing, but I did it. And I have learned to adjust my attitude before I am participating. I remember years ago, I, I'm, I'm, I graduated Bible college. I'm teaching in Bible college. I'm doing various things. I'm serving in the house of God. And I knew that God had, uh, was preparing me to, to run and oversee the a church because he has given me vision. He called me to do that and, and, and other things. Let me just say this. But before I was doing that, he had me doing something else. And he taught me a long time ago. And I mean, this is a years of process of, of, of development in certain areas. But he was it, something that he was teaching me. He said, and, and I remember years ago asking him this, and he had me start a business as well. But in the same conversation of, of running a business and starting a business prior to that, he said, if I ask you to do something hard, and he was talking about actually being in the ministry, not business. So if I ask you to do something easy, he says, you know, why is that difficult? Because if I ask you to do something hard, come on, be, anyhow. Uh, but what he said to me uh, in that aspect too was until you start owning it like you do there, how am I going to put you up there and let you, be, let you run it if you can't own it from back there? Whatever you're part of. That's why God says until you're faithful with another man's vision, he'll never give you your own. Do you know Jesus said that about God? So we're oftentimes trying to get our thing done. And God's like, well, praise the Lord. We're kind of running over here on the side like on a treadmill. And we need, to, we need to understand how God works. Did you know he knows the thought and the intent of our heart? And we can be well-intended but yet unwilling. Because we think somehow we're going to lose control. But you know, we got to learn how to be out of control and loving it. Until you do that, you're going to be stuck in the miry clay because that is what keeps you from getting revelation, knowledge, and the willingness to, to do it. Because we have to have a transformed mind. But that takes a renewal. And that takes our high mind coming down a little bit so that we can in, receive the word of God to be able to perform it and do it. Same thing when it comes to our willingness in areas to serve, areas to give. This is why the Bible says, if you see this in verse 8, and God is able to make what? All grace. Do you know, I want you to leave that up there, all grace. What's all grace? 
Well, every grace that each one of us need. Do you know, see, oftentimes we're praying for grace, but God says you have to sow for grace. Do you know when you come boldly before the throne of God, the Bible says we're not supposed to come empty-handed. That's to his altar. That's where the high priest, where we meet the high priest. Oh, well, praise the Lord. Is Jesus at the right hand of the Father? Is that where the throne of God is? Now, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not trying to say every time you pray, you've got to give an offering. That's not what I'm talking about. But I do believe that there's an offering of praise and thanksgiving that we have to learn to give before we enter into his gates, before we come to his courts. Amen. But when the Bible talks about here, if you notice, he's talking about sowing and he's talking about reaping. And he's also talking about an area. Listen, there might be times we need to have access to a grace. But I found that when you sow, it is a connection to all grace. Are you hearing me? All grace. That's what it says. God is able. God is able. When you sow, God is able. You say, wait a minute. I thought he was able no matter what because he's God. Well, the Bible says that without sowing, again, if we read verse 6, you see he says, sow sparingly, reap sparingly, sow bountifully, reap bountifully. There's no place in there where he talks about not sowing. And that sowing's connected to grace. And it's also connected to the attitude that you, which you give it. So he tells us that all grace abounds toward us, that we having what? All sufficiency in what? All things. Do you see that? You know what that means? You might have a different thing that needs to happen in your life versus what you might need to happen in your life and vice versa. But there's a way that we all connect to the same understanding here that all grace can abound towards all of us when we participate in this area. And you want to know why? You know, I don't, it doesn't matter what you do in life. No matter your education, you can be a doctor, a scientist, you can be whatever. A plumber, you can be whatever. Salesman of some sort, whatever. But whatever you do in this life, remember what God said to Adam after the fall? He said, now, whatever you do when it comes to what you do in your work, in your labor, he called it a toil. Do y'all remember this scripture? He said, God said, the ground is going to be cursed for your sake. Whatever you do, he said, up from it will come the briar, the thorn bush, all of these different things because the ground was cursed. Now, I want you to think about this. When we tithe, when we offer, oh, you better, y'all are going to get this. Isaiah even prophesied it, and he talked about this day. Chapter 55. I love Isaiah 55. God gave me that verse a long time ago. That I'm going to read it for you. You see, when you tithe and you offer, what's happening? Your heart is turned because you're seeking first the kingdom of God, and no longer your labor is in the toil of the cursed ground that's in the world. Because you're no longer of the world, even though you're in the world, you're no longer under the same cursed ground that they're working in. 
Because remember, you can't serve God and mammon. Mammon is the soil of the, of, this God, of the world today, the God of this world. That's the cursed ground in which everyone is out there working, trying to make a living, trying to pay their bills, trying to get their stuff or whatever it is. That's the soil of this world. But you can still be working the same ground as somebody else. One is cursed and one is blessed. Are you hearing me right now? One has got the grace of God that you're toiling in and not the curse of this world that's on this world because you've been born again and you set first the kingdom of God because God, Jesus didn't say you can't be saved and if you understand what I'm talking about, Matthew 6, 33, he says, he said, you can't serve God. He didn't say you can't be saved by God. He said you can't serve God and mammon. But if you will understand that you're not toiling in the same cursed ground as somebody else. Because the blessing of God is upon your life. And what you put your hand to, the Bible says you will prosper and have good success. Because he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Because you might be working out in the world and the God of this world says, hey, wait a minute. You're working in my ground. But Jesus says, wait a minute. He's in the world, but he's not of it. He's seeking first my kingdom. He's put that thing, that's first. He's, you see, because he's serving God, not the world. Because you go outside these four walls, you might be trying to work it like the world. And you might be wondering why in the world this thing's not working. Are you hearing me right now? Because again, when we begin to understand through the revelation and the application of the word of God. You begin to see how the devourer gets rebuked. You begin to see that what you put your hand to in the soil that you sow into, come on, you have a place in the spirit because it, what you're doing is you're promulgating, you are activating this promise and understanding of revelation because you're not doing things according to your own mind, according to what you see in the world. You're doing things according to God because you're no longer serving the cares of this life, the lust of other things, and the things that the whole world is seeking after where Jesus said, if you'll serve me, you'll put this first. That right there, things will begin to get added into your life if you'll seek first the kingdom of God. All of a sudden, grace is going to be activated because God is able to make all grace, whether it's in your business, it's in your family, all grace abound towards you. That you have insufficiency in what? All things that you may what? Abound to every good work. He said, I'll make all grace abound towards you. So you might abound in everything that his children are doing in this life. Well, praise the Lord. Isaiah 55 says it like this. So shall, verse 11, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish the thing whereunto I sent it. Oh, glory to God. Oh, I love that, don't you? Look in verse 12. For you shall go out with what? Joy. And guess what? Instead of what? Well, I mean, I skipped to verse 13. I love that one. Anyhow, you shall go out with joy, be led forth with peace, and the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you in singing. Come on. And the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of what? Instead of what? The thorn bush. Instead of the thorns shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name 
and for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. You know what he's talking about there? He's talking about this new covenant that we've entered into. Because we've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, which is the word of God. And as we obey the word of God, as it comes forth, as we begin to hear it, transform our mind and apply it in our life. If we'll humble our mind to it, it'll begin to produce for us. But again, we're not relying upon a man's word, we're relying upon the word of God. And it, and it has been acted by the covenant of blood. Through Jesus Christ. God made this covenant with us as, the, as his children, as the body of Christ today. So that when you go out, you're going out with joy, being led forth with peace. And when you till the ground, what's going to come up for you isn't going to be the briar and the thorn bush. Now, there's a lot of people in the body of Christ. They're trying to serve this world because they're, they're, they're still focused on these things. That doesn't mean you don't do business well and you don't work and do all of that. Like you sit at home and you know paychecks and money just going to fall out of the sky for you. It's not like that. But what you put your hand to. And you need to begin to declare because the God of this world will tell you, no, that ground belongs to me. But you need to understand that where you place your foot, you're going to possess it in the name of Jesus. That everything you put your hand to in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, the devourer is going to be rebuked off of that. You're going to have to get that in your mind and get it in your mouth and begin to expect what God says is true because that's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Oh, glory to God. It doesn't mean you're not going to have to face a Goliath, but you could take a rock to a sword fight and win. You know what I'm talking about? You ever heard taking a, you know, somebody messed up by taking a knife to a gunfight? Huh? Or you could take a rock, David, to a, to a sword fight with a giant who's got shield. And a, Are you with me? And you have no shield and no armor, so to speak, but your, your armor might be invisible because you're cloaked with the anointing and the grace of God upon your life, which is able to work more than you work itself. Paul said it like this, though I labor right now and the gift that you're hearing, the anointing that you're hearing, and the word that I'm speaking, he says, it's not I that laboreth, but it's the grace of God that's laboring for me and upon me. Because it's the grace that works on you to produce, that you might abound. Now you can say, I don't believe that. That's fine. You won't receive that. Just like if I don't believe that if I confess in my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. If you don't believe that, you won't be saved. I can't change that for you. You have to change that for you. It's the same process. Believing the word of God. And you'll begin to see. You say, well, I wanted to see it now, today, in all things. Well, you know, here's the thing. You're, though you're in this world, you're not of it. You still have to take your place in Christ. Because the devil, let me just tell you, he's going to test you at times. Your faith is going to get tried. And you're going to have to make a stand. And you have to lift up that shield of faith because that's your armor in the spirit. You're going to have to put on that helmet of salvation. You're going to have to have your loins girt about with the truth of the word of God. You're going to have to put on that blessed prayer of righteousness. That's your identity with Christ. You're going to have to put on those shoes that are shod with the gospel of peace so that when you go out of this place, you're going out with joy and with peace, with an understanding of grace and the anointing that what you put your hand to because you're obeying God, you're doing the things that God said, and you're going to begin to see those things take place in your life. 
is so important today that we get a revelation of what we've been brought into. Amen. I tell you, I believe that God, I believe the grace of God can work a lot better on your life and more for you. I mean, you're going to put forth a lot of effort, but think, think of it like this. Let the grace of God begin to trust in the grace of God working even exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Let the grace of God begin to work on your life. But there's ways to access that grace. There's ways to implement that grace. It's kind of like Elisha's uh, receiving Elijah's mantle and taking that mantle and slapping it down on the side of the riverbank and the river parting. We have to use and use the word of God that comes forth out of the mouth of God, out of the word of God to us. We use that word and we say, glory to God. By his stripes, I am healed. Come on. And not succumb to saying, well, I'm in the world. And we're tilling up that, trying to till up that cursed ground, thinking something else is going to produce out of it. It don't work like that. We're going to have to get a hold of the grace. And there's ways to implement that grace. And Jesus said, seek first. We can't serve God and serve mammon. We have to apply the things of the kingdom of God to see the ground of this world change for us who are believers. Because God is bound to the covenant of his word. And he won't change his mind no matter how we want to see it, how we want to fit it because we're not God. <laughs> Amen. He is. And his word works today. Oh, glory to God. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.